Hi everyone, and welcome back to the C3 Queenbian podcast. This week, Pastor Sarah leads us in an inspirational call to intercession, a challenge to shift our prayer focus from ourselves to others, whether it's for a coworker, a family member, a community or a nation, using some amazing illustrations from scripture, Pastor Sarah shows us how transformative and powerful a God-led, tireless and pleading prayer campaign for someone other than ourselves can be. That's awesome. Well, hey, we are um, in a month of talking about prayer, even though we're kind of Halfway through it now, we had a message from Pastor Phil the first week, a real prophetic message to our movement uh, about the future. And then obviously we had Pastor Greg French with us last weekend. Who enjoyed that weekend? Wasn't it just an amazing time together and just letting him loose in the prophetic on Sunday morning and just really spending that time in prayer and actually just watching God move in that was such a great Sunday together. And so I just want to continue uh, some thoughts about prayer this morning, and then I know next week Pastor Michael's going to be preaching, but it's going to be a little bit different, so come prepared for that. We're going to kind of really turn this place into a prayer meeting for the morning. Uh, it's going to be a great time together, so make sure you're here next week. Uh, but this morning I really felt to preach a word, uh, and I've titled it A Call to Intercession. A Call to Intercession. And before you switch off and go, I'm not an intercessor, I want you to just hear me in this. Because yes, there is 100% people gifted like amazing Sandra, who I see here today. So good to see you back. Uh, Who have the gift of intercession, right? Sandra intercedes for us. She's amazing. Uh, And there is people that have this gift of intercession, but we're all called to intercede. We're all called to intercede. And I want to read this morning from 1 Timothy Uh, Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. I urge you, first of all, this was the first thing, the most important. I need to tell you this straight up. Pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. You know, this was a chapter about instructions for worship, what needed to happen. And this was the first thing, prayer. Pray for all people. In the uh, NIV version of the same verse, it says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. It's actually different kinds of prayer, different kinds of prayer for people. It says, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases our pleases God, our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. This is the purpose in our prayer. This is the purpose in interceding for others, that they would know God, right? That they'd come into relationship with Him. And so it talks quickly about those different types of prayer, right? And maybe you've thought, oh, well, what, what is there different types of prayer? What does that mean? And, you know, prayer really is just conversation with God. It's just talking to God, whether that is in praise, in thanksgiving, in intercession, whatever that is, it's talking with God, communication with Him. And so it talks about petitions or some other versions call it supplications. And that really is just asking God for something. It's coming before Him and saying, hey, God, I need you to move in this situation. I need this from you. It's an asking. That's what that means. 
And then it talks about prayers, which obviously is just a broader word referring to all communication with God. Then it talks about intercessions, and which we're going to talk about a bit more this morning. But it refers to, it's just making requests on behalf of others. It's praying for others. It's coming before God on behalf of them, calling out for them. And then the last one says thanksgiving, giving of thanks. You know, that's just part of our walk with God. Part of those times of prayer and communication should be thanksgiving, should be coming before God thankful, thanking him for all that he's given us, for all that he's done for us. But prayer is so powerful. It's so powerful and it's so essential for us. Prayer aligns our hearts with God. You know, if we are crying out, we want to know the will of God. What does he want for us? What does he want us to do? It's prayer that enables that. It's prayer that reveals that to us. You know, the key to that is just coming before him. Be still and know that I am God. Like come before him in those moments of prayer. You know, the Bible talks about us laying down those anxious thoughts before him that It's in those moments of prayer and thanksgiving and laying it down that he brings peace. This is what prayer does for us. It's so powerful in our lives. And it's a holy privilege, right, that we actually get to come before God. You know, that's what happened in that moment of Jesus going to the cross. No longer are we coming to a priest who's actually got to do the process for us. We get to boldly come into the throne room of God, right? It's amazing. So I just want to give you some examples from the Bible really quickly to just remind us of how powerful prayer is. So prayer was offered by the people in Egypt. God heard their cries and delivered them. Prayer was offered at the Red Sea and a passage was opened in the waters. Prayer brought victory over Amalek in the wilderness as Moses lifted his hands. Prayer caused the sun to stand still for Joshua and the army in battle. Prayer gave Samson back his strength to defeat the Philistines. Prayer gave a son to Hannah named Samuel and changed a nation. Prayer brought wisdom to Solomon and made him one of the greatest kings of all time. Prayer plugged up the sky so it didn't rain for three and a half years. Prayer brought down fire on Mount Carmel. Prayer added 15 more years to Hezekiah's life when he was about to die. Prayer delivered Jonah from the great fish and he went, preached, saved an entire city. Prayer saved Peter from sinking in the Sea of Galilee. And prayer brought an earthquake to Philippi and saved Paul and Silas from prison. Prayer is powerful. There is story, that's just some of them, right? There is story after story after story of the power of prayer, the power of prayer. So what's on the other side of your prayers? What's on the other side of your prayers? These people aren't any more special than each one of you sitting in this room. It wasn't like God was like, well, I'll answer their prayer. Like He actually wants to hear your prayers. He wants to answer your prayers. He loves you and He is for you. So what's on the other side of your prayers? What would happen if we shifted our prayers, though, from a me to a we? You know, what I love in all of these stories of God moving, the prayers weren't just for that one individual. There was a greater purpose in it. There was an effect that took place, sometimes on whole cities, on whole nations, right, because of people's prayers. So what's on the other side of our prayers for our city, for our nation, for our families, for our workplaces, as we actually go to that place and believe for God to move? You know, I love that the Lord's Prayer in the book of Matthew, it starts with our Father in heaven. And it continues through the prayer, like give us this day our daily bread. It's an 
it's a together thing. It's not my Father in heaven, give me my daily bread. It's actually together. And that's the power of intercession. That's the power of praying together as well. It's actually something that we're in together and that we get to do on behalf of others. What a privilege, right? And I felt as I was preparing this week that there is a fresh call for us as a church to intercede on behalf of others, to stand in the gap for others, to pray and make requests to God for Him to move on behalf of someone else with no benefit to ourselves. And I want to think, us to think today, like if we were to do an audit of our prayer life, one, are we praying? What does that look like? Have we got that habit into our daily walk with Christ? But if we were to do an audit of that prayer time, how much of it is dedicated to us and our own lives and our own needs? And yes, there's a, that's important. There's a place for that, right? That's petition supplications. There's a place for that. God says, come and ask me. But how much of it is actually dedicated to others, to praying for someone else? to taking their need like it's your own and actually going, God, I'm going to cry out on behalf of this person. I'm going to cry out on behalf of this nation. I'm going to cry out on behalf of whatever it is. You know, that scripture also talks about praying for kings and rulers and people in authority. And at the time, that was a big deal because the people in authority at the time were so anti what was happening, right? They're the ones that crucified Jesus. Like they were not on board. So for them to actually say, this is who you should pray for, that would have been like, oh, I don't want to pray for them, right? I don't want to do that. Oh, we don't like them. We maybe hate them, right? So that was a, that's a struggle. That's the pray for your enemies right there in that moment. But I love that Paul talks a bit further on in Colossians. He says, he talks about this guy called Epaphras, I don't know if that's how you say his name. but And he says in Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. What a sentence. That you, might, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Like I want an Epaphras, right? <laughs> that's just like, struggling on my behalf in prayer. Like if you're on the other side of that, how, how does that make you feel, right? You feel good that you know that this person's kind of not just, yeah, I'll pray for you, but struggling on your behalf in prayer. Like so that you can stand mature and that you are fully assured of the will of God. Isn't that powerful? Because how much of us, like we so want to be sure of the will of God, don't we? Like as we walk out life, as we make decisions, we're like, God, is this your will? But to have someone else standing alongside you that is fully committed to praying that way for you. But on the other side, let's be an Epaphras. Like I want to be one for someone else. I want to do that. I want to be that person that's like, I'm going to pray on your behalf. I'm going to believe on your behalf. I'm going to stand with you and walk with you and pray that you know the will of God for your life that you're standing mature, right? Walking that journey of discipleship. I want to be that for others. And I want us as a church to be that, to be those people that intercede on behalf of others. And if we go to the book of Exodus, Michael touched on it before, I'm trying to steal my preach. 
But in the book of Exodus, chapter 17, 8 to 13, it's talking about Moses and that they've left Egypt by this point and he's leading the Israelites to the promised land. But obviously it's been quite the journey, right, so far. And so they find themselves at this point, it says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. What a picture of intercession, right? And it's safe to assume that Moses already, as he held the staff of God up, was already interceding, really. It's already a picture of intercession because he is doing that on behalf of the army as they go into battle. And they had seen God move. Like the staff of God was so symbolic in itself to them already. Like they'd seen water out of the rock. They'd seen the sea part. Like all these things had happened already. So that in itself was really a moment of a picture of intercessory prayer. But then he starts to become tired and weary, as we all do, right, at different points. And he begins to lower his arms and all of a sudden, the army begin to lose the battle as this happens. And you know, I love what Aaron and her do in this moment because they weren't just like, hey, you've got this, you can do it keep going and you know encouragement's important we want to encourage each other but they weren't just like come on you can do this and left him to himself and were, were encouraging with their words that's not what they do in this moment and you know it kind of got me thinking well sometimes you know you might get the text from someone of I'm going through this or you might get the you hear about something and we go I'm praying for you and that's like the extent of you praying for them and it's kind of like is that that moment of like hey you got this you go for it, you can do this. But actually, Aaron and her, they step in. They take weight. They actually come around him. And not only do they do that, but they get a rock for him to sit on. So it's not even like they're like, keep standing and we'll hold you. They're like, no, you take a break. You actually rest a little bit and we'll take the weight of your arms. That's intercession. That's walking the journey together. That's praying for one another. That's those moments where we're like on our knees on behalf of someone else going, Lord, move in this situation. God, do something incredible. Lord, heal this person. Have your way in this. Whatever it is, that's the moment. That's the moment. It's taking weight. It's doing it together. It's not just leaving that person to struggle as their faith begins to tire, right? As they're waiting on a promise. It's like, no, we're actually, we're in this with you. We're by your side. We're holding up your arms in this. When you're struggling to pray, don't worry because we're praying. When you've got nothing left to give, don't worry because we're going to keep giving. It's those, that's what we do for one another. That's the community of God. That's the family of God. 
And I want us as a church to be those people for each other, but for our community, for our colleagues, for our neighbours, for those that don't know Christ. That's what we need to do for them. Get alongside them. Be an Aaron and a Her and an Epaphras in our lives and actually do that for others. When God's people intercede, God intervenes. God moves in those moments. And intercession puts that other person in front of God. It brings them to Him. It's not about what we want in that moment. It's about what's good for that other person. And that's so good for us too. To just be reminded that it's not all about us. It's, that's countercultural when we start to go, actually, I'm just going to pray what's good for them. Maybe for an enemy, maybe for someone who's difficult at work, maybe for someone we're struggling with. It's like, Lord, do what's good for them, not what's good for me. That's a powerful and tough prayer at times. But let's be a people that's actually willing to pray those kind of prayers, to put the needs of others before our own and to intercede on their behalf. So a few quick points before we finish about how we can do this. Number one, ask God who you should intercede for. And I want to encourage us, and when we come to a close, we're just going to have a moment to wait. And I want you to ask God, who is that person or that thing? It might be a situation or that nation or area. It's not always just a person, but I believe that God is going to put someone or something on your heart that he's intending you to pray for. And I want you to write it down, I'm interceding for. And write it down and be intentional about it, which is point number two. Be intentional. Once you hear from God, it's like, and you know what? God spoke to me this week and I was like, I'm, I'm in this. I'm on my knees and I am praying hard. Be intentional. Make space for it. Make time to pray for it. Pray as if it's your own burden. Pray as if it's your own body. Pray as if it's your own fight. Because there's a difference, right? It's different when we pray for someone else, but then when we're going through something, it's like we experience all the feels of that. So it's like there's a, there's a kind of different hunger in it almost. But pray like it's you. Pray like it's your family. Pray like it's your child. Whatever it is, pray like it's you. Be intentional and make space for that. Number three, Pray in agreement with God's word and God's will. In 1 John 5, 14 to 15, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the, the petitions that we have asked of him. Whatever it is. So pray his will. Pray his word it's powerful to pray scripture. If you don't know what to pray, find a scripture and pray it. It's powerful. Pray his word. Number four, make time to listen. In those times of prayer, go, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? What do you want to show me? And sometimes that'll be for you to share with that person. Sometimes it won't. But discern that. Ask the Lord to show you. Ask him to tell you. What is this, Lord? What do you want me to do with this? Maybe he's just revealing something to you for you to pray about more or for you to be specific in your prayers. So make time to listen to what God's trying to say. Listen and then act on it. 
if he tells you to. And last point, number five, don't give up before the breakthrough comes. Don't give up before the breakthrough comes. You know, what would have happened if Aaron and her and Moses just went, oh, we're all too tired. We've got nothing left to give. Or they went, it's okay. God will move in a different way, right? They would have just become completely overwhelmed by that. But don't give up before the breakthrough comes. It's God who fights our battles. And, you know, after this moment uh, where they beat the Amalekites in this battle, Moses builds an altar to remember. And that's what they used to do. You know, we sang a song about those altars in the wilderness. He builds an altar and calls it Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And he was creating a place of remembrance, a place of celebration. It was a place of victory. But it was, you know, back in those times, they would have a banner. It was like a rallying place for the troops. It was like, this is what we fight under. So to have this altar of the Lord is our banner was like, no, it's the Lord that fights the battle. It's Him that unifies us. It's Him that is the meeting place, the bringing together place. And that's what it is for us as we go into that place of war, really, for other people and for the battle and what they're facing. It's the Lord that unifies us. It's under His banner that we pray, that we declare, that we stand with one another, right? He is our banner. He is our victory. So don't give up before the breakthrough comes. Trust that the Lord is fighting the battle as you just unify under His banner and pray on behalf of someone else. Declare that. You know, that banner was a declaration that He is who He is. He is the Lord, but we are His. Like it's kind of a two-part thing because we are His under that banner. There's a unifying that comes as well in that, which is amazing. And that's who we are today as well, as His followers. It's incredible. So why don't we now in this moment, why don't we just stand? And I just want to create that space. I just want you to close your eyes and say, Lord, who is it? Who are you asking me to intercede for? Who are you asking me to pray on behalf of? And I know that as we just ask the question and make space, that He will speak to you.